I'd like for us to begin this year with a series that might look a little different than what you've seen me do in uh, previous series. Most of the time I'll do a series that's, you know, four to six weeks long, sometimes even longer, but this series will just be two weeks, consisting of two sermons, in which we'll be seeking together what an ethic of enough might look like in the Christian life. And we'll be doing that through our two sacraments of communion and baptism. This week we're focusing on the sacrament of communion, which we'll be celebrating later in the service. And next week we'll look at the sacrament of baptism, as it's baptism of the Lord Sunday, and we'll be renewing our commitment to the baptismal covenant. What I hope we'll find together here, friends, is that in a world that tells us that there isn't enough and that we're not enough, in the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, we are met by the risen Christ who reminds us again and again that there is enough and indeed we are enough. In our first reading and in the, the kind of opening liturgy and part of the service, we heard the story of Epiphany. The Magi visiting the Christ child, offering their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Of Isaiah's beloved prophecy, arise, shine, for your light has come. I invite us now to hear another familiar story of the Gospels. We prepare our hearts, our minds, our spirits to gather again at our Lord's table. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages wouldn't buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told the disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Back in college, I fondly remember the one and only economics course I took. And while I was absolutely terrible at the math part of it, I really enjoyed the theory that was at the core of economics. As some of you know, this interest has remained, and it's found its way into my own ministry studies. 
In fact, the series that I'm doing this week and next is the result of the work I did in one of my Doctor of Ministry courses last term, looking at the intersection of theology and money. So in this first lecture, I remember the professor walking into class and writing on the chalkboard in a very dramatic fashion, there is no such thing as a free lunch. He went on to explain that the statement gets to the very heart of market economics. That is the idea of scarcity, or that resources are limited, there isn't enough. Because of scarcity, because there simply isn't enough, everything has a cost that's dependent on forces of supply and demand. Or, to state it more simply, there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's not enough. It's the message we hear and encounter. It's our very reality every day. We certainly heard it back in the spring of 2020 as the COVID-19 pandemic first took hold of our world as we stockpiled toilet paper and Clorox wipes. Remember back then? We also heard it last summer when a hack on an oil pipeline caused gas stations to shut down along the East Coast. I remember that too. We heard there's not enough this past holiday shopping season as supply chain issue, issues caused uh, delays and shortages, while rising inflation caused prices on everything from toys to groceries to rise faster than any time in recent memory. Friends, we know all too well the message that there isn't enough that there's no such thing as a free lunch. And so we're conditioned to buy, sell, consume, and trade ruthlessly to look out for ourselves and ourselves alone. Now, our gospel reading this morning begins with the mindset of there isn't enough. Jesus and his disciples go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and a crowd continues to follow him. Jesus asked Philip how they might find enough bread to feed these 5,000 folks. And Philip responds back saying that six months worth of wages couldn't feed all these people, or it would just be a drop in the bucket. What he says is that there isn't enough. Andrew come along, comes along with a boy who has five loaves of bread and two fish. Then he says it. What are these among so many people. A drop in the bucket. Again, there isn't enough. So how will Jesus respond to this problem of scarcity? That there isn't enough. He tells his disciples to invite the crowds to come and take a seat in the grass. He takes the loaves, gives thanks, and gives them out, and then does the same with the fish. Listen to what happens next. John tells us that they ate as much as they wanted. Then, when they were satisfied, Jesus instructs the disciples to gather what's left over so that nothing would be lost. And these leftovers filled 12 baskets, a number that symbolizes fullness, completeness in the Bible. In other words, John wants us to know that in the face of scarcity and a mindset that there isn't enough, Jesus shows up and reminds the disciples and us as readers that there is, or at least there can be. In this world of not enough, though, our response tends to uh, 
in such a reality, our response to this tends to be to want more, isn't it? We want more, we want better, we want newer, and so on, making an idea of enough either not possible or that enough is simply more than your neighbor next door. We're happy with what we have until the new model comes out the next year or our neighbor comes home with something bigger and better, and all of a sudden that familiar feeling comes back. What I have isn't enough. Thankfully, friends, we trust in a Lord who reminds us again and again that there is enough. That what we have and who we are are, in fact, enough. When we gather at our Lord's table, we're reminded anew of this beautiful reality. It's here at this table where our Lord meets and feeds us with his very life and love. Catholic scholar William Cavanaugh claims that when we gather at our Lord's table, the insatiability of human desire or our feeling that there isn't enough is absorbed by the abundance of God's grace and the gift of the body and blood of Christ. In other words, friends, God's self-giving to us at this table is a reminder each time that there is enough. John Calvin once said that in the sacrament we were reminded that Christ is the only food for our soul. As we continually join in this foretaste of the kingdom of God, our souls are fed by Christ's very own life and love. Just as bread and wine nourish our bodies, reminding us anew that there is enough, that God's self-giving love in the sacrament is enough, as we grow more and more into the stature of Christ. Now, our experience of enough in the sacrament isn't an excuse to forget about the hunger and injustices that are endemic in our world. Christian ethicist Daniel Bell says that an understanding of God's abundance or of God's enough allows us to pinpoint the locus of scarcity in sin and the brokenness of this world that Christ has come to redeem and the hunger that his followers are called to feed and fill. Met Fed and nourished at our Lord's table, we are emboldened to feed others in Christ's name to ensure that they too have enough. Christian ethicist Norman Wurzba claims that as we are fed by Christ in the sacrament, people learn to give themselves away, trusting that in the sharing of their lives they participate in the divine eternal life of sharing. The world ceases to signify a material possession and instead becomes a gift to be given and shared. Friends, this ethic of enough that we experience at our Lord's table is one, of course, that is rooted in love. The self-giving of God that we experience at our Lord's table beckons us to give of ourselves to our neighbors in love. Theologian Elizabeth Henson Hasty. Uh, reflects on an ethic of enough through a notion that she calls sola caritate. In the Reformation, the Reformers adopted a mantra that became known as the solas, uh, Latin for alone. So grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone, Christ alone, and to the glory of God alone. Hinson Hasty has proposed that the Reformed Church adopts a new sola, sola caritate, 
or self-giving, agape love alone. This is an all-encompassing, self-giving love that's discovered and receiving and giving for the benefit of the whole web of relationships as we learn and experience from our triune God. You know, when we do that, when we fully give of ourselves, when we fully give of ourselves in love and generosity, we are reminded again and again that in fact there is enough. When we do that, our meager feasts of loaves and fishes turn into an abundance that provides enough for us and for all. And that's exactly what we experience here at this table, friends. In a world that constantly tells us that there isn't enough, our Lord turns our meager loaves and fishes into a feast for a multitude in which all are able to eat until they're satisfied. At his table, we're reminded that there is enough as we're fed by Christ's own love and life. As we're met and fed by Christ in the sacrament, we are emboldened to go out into the world to give of ourselves to others to ensure that they too have enough. In other words, friends, meeting our, our Savior in the sacrament and being fed by His life and love encourages, strengthens, empowers us to go out and give of ourselves to our neighbors that they might be fed in body and soul and spirit. Friends, in a world that tells us there isn't enough, at this table we hear a different story, a better story, that there is enough for us and for all. As we prepare to share again in the feast our Lord has, has made and given to us, let us reflect on this and seek to um, commit ourselves anew to sharing of ourselves and giving of ourselves in love for our neighbors.